You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello, my fellow traveler. Robin Carey Stewart here from the Creating Magic Vacation Studio in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. Welcome to Travel Talk Weekly. This is episode number 99, original air date August 31st, 2021. And this week, it's not only something that's a good idea and will make traveling so much more fun, we have some tips that will also save you time and money. And that is how to avoid our top seven packing mistakes. Maybe maybe eight. We don't know. We may throw another one in there. (laughs) But first, some recent travel news. Just yesterday, August 30th, it was announced that U.S. travelers going to the European Union, so the European countries for the most part, were back on the restriction list. Well done, Europe. Keep strangling those tourism dollars. If you do have a trip planned to Europe in the next couple of months, don't panic quite yet. The individual countries can still make their own requirements. And we know that many of those countries have been hit with no tourism whatsoever. So they are most likely going to want to get visitors back there to spend money. And I can tell you on our recent trip to Greece, it was amazing. I can I can totally see Greece saying, uh, yeah, Europe, you do what you want. We're going to invite Americans over to spend the tourism dollars. And what's kind of sad is that the U.S. still has banned some of those people from Europe coming over to see us. So that's not cool. But in a nutshell, as of today, if you are fully vaccinated and are willing to plan and pay for additional COVID tests and also fill out a lot of online forms, you should be fine to travel to Europe. So for example, Italy just updated its entry requirements saying that all U.S. passengers coming in must be fully vaccinated and provide a negative COVID test taken within 72 hours of arrival. Shame on you, Italy. No grazie. Our pro tip is to review the entry requirements for each country individually, including anything related to passing through a country on a layover. As we have mentioned before, traveling internationally right now is not going to be easy. Traveling Like, for example, if you're going through an airport, like if you're going to, to, let's say, Italy, but you're traveling through Germany or, let's say, the UK to get there, you're not going to be going through customs. So the very worst, they might test you when you come off the plane, but you're not going through customs, so you will not be subject to that country's medical rules. Although we have heard some countries are even updating that policy, which, again, is making international travel so complicated. And also keep in mind that when you do arrive to your European destination, it is possible that many restaurants may have restrictions or be closed, and your hotel may have its own requirements. I recently read in some countries where they do allow you to enter with just a negative test and they don't require you to be fully vaccinated. However, some of the hotels in those countries do require you to be fully vaccinated. So you got to do a lot of homework before you go. That is for sure. I would say let's hope this all ends soon. It does need to end soon. You can't keep shutting down entire countries and taking away the money that all, I mean, again, a lot of these these countries, especially like I would say in Europe, the port cities and the, the, and the very popular tourist destinations, 
I personally don't think the lockdowns worked. If they worked, we wouldn't have to do them again. That's a whole nother topic. So coming off our latest trip, once again, despite some planning, we made some packing mistakes. Now, to be clear, we were filming for Atlas Ocean Voyages, so we had a giant tripod case, a hard-sided case with our, our tripods, our light stands, and some other equipment that we had to take. But with even that, and we each had to have our camera backpacks. So if you take that away, we didn't overpack too bad. We did mess up on the clothing, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about next. So these are all simple fixes and tips that we are going to share to help you be a pro the next time you go on vacation and need to pack. And we know that a lot of people, maybe yourself, maybe you haven't traveled since COVID, or if you did, it was a really short trip. And so these are packing tips that will work anywhere, but they are the most advantageous when you're going to travel internationally. And we've seen that most people do want to get back to going on a vacation. And even though we've been on our monthly trip over to Disney since the shutdown, and we've gone to Cancun twice, we did a ski trip to Utah, and then recently we spent two weeks over in Europe, we definitely made some mistakes because we weren't in our regular travel group. And one of those mistakes, again, came to the clothing because we were told we were going to have laundry on the ship. We did not. And so we kind of packed as if we would have. I remember we were leaving Athens you know, to, to get on the ship, and we said, okay, the first thing we're going to do, we're going to get on the cruise ship, and we're going to do our laundry. We were not able to do that. We're going to show you how to get around that in some of our tips. And again, full disclosure, we have never been good at packing light. Like on our honeymoon, that was probably our longest trip. I think we were talking earlier that, you know, this this trip to Greece and to Egypt, it was a very long trip. We were gone, I think, 14, it was good, 15 two days. Weeks, yeah. But we were gone even longer on our honeymoon because we came in a day early. Back in 09, we flew into Rome. We did a 12-night round-trip Rome cruise on Carnival, on the Carnival Dream. And then we did three nights in Florence as a post-trip. So that was our longest trip. But I think we had about six. Here's where it's funny. You wrote in our notes, we had 12 pieces of luggage. That was not even possible. It felt like 12 pieces of luggage. It was as heavy as 12 (laughs) pieces, and and that's clear. Um, Matter of fact, I still have that luggage. We still use it. But yeah, it's time to move on to some lighter stuff. Again, one of our packing tips. We maybe had six to eight, because at the most, we could only had three to four each. That's true. So That's we'll, say true. Si- we'll say six to eight. It was so much. So our honeymoon hotel was Hotel Oxford in Rome. We stayed there before the cruise, and then actually, when we came back from Florence, we stayed there one more night. The elevators, and this happens everywhere in Europe, the elevators are so small, we had to send our luggage up the elevator in two different trips. I think on one of them, you were in the elevator, you were squeezed in there, and I had to walk up the steps after sending the luggage up to the third floor. And we kind of had to do that in Greece, too, because the that elevator was, was so small. I was like, okay, I'm just going to put as much luggage, but we're going to have to do this in two separate trips. And I got that funny shot of Mike and Ryan getting in the elevator with their luggage, and that was it. And that's all that, that could fit. No, nobody else could fit in. Not one more piece of luggage could have fit in that elevator in Athens. Our goal, though, is to do a trip to Europe in the near future with just a carry-on. And... We did pretty good on our little short stay at Disney last week. Our 48-hour trip, yes. I'm <laughs> okay, sure granted, that's easy it was to, only three days and two nights. It's easy to pack for, and we were driving. But I was still pretty proud of us. I was too, because normally we'd bring like a shoe bag and a cooler and all this other <laughs> stuff. So here's mistake number one, is using the wrong luggage. And this is a big one. I know you saw that, that cute piece on one of the home shopping networks, or you got that ad on Facebook. And you have to ask yourself two questions. Number one... Am I going to use this luggage as a carry-on? If so, does it fit the size requirements? And some of those really cute bags that you think are carry-on size are actually not. And international flights actually have a different requirement. So something to think about. 
And the second question to ask yourself is, how heavy is my luggage on its own? Because even though you may have that adorable bag, it could also be really heavy on its own. Keep in mind, you only have a 50-pound limit. That's a pretty heavy bag. And our rule of thumb is everyone should be able to carry their own luggage. And that's why your name is carry. <laughs> well, the big thing is when you are in Europe, they don't have sky caps and stuff that we're kind of used to here in the States. And so you do find that you are lugging your luggage around. And if you each... Did you say lugging your luggage? I did say that. Okay, just checking. <laughs> but you do need to be able to navigate carrying all your luggage around. And there's nothing worse than seeing somebody who is trying to put their carry-on in the overhead bin and they can't even like balance it. Okay, stop pointing me out, okay? (laughs) No, you're fine. You're fine. So that's why when we're shopping for luggage, or you are, you want a piece that is going to be light, not 10 pounds before you put anything in the bag. And And I know we have some luggage that is pretty heavy on its own. And that goes back to the days that, you know, for more than 10 years or well, 20 years on your, you know, for a long time, over 20 years in your case, you've been using Briggs and Riley, very sturdy, lifetime warranty, but also very heavy. But it is heavy on its own. And yep. most of the time I'm using Victorinox, which I've had these, I've had Victorinox for over 10 years and luggage has changed. Now I don't re- recommend the hard sided luggage in any case. I know there's a lot of popular ones out there. They scratch easily. They don't have the compression on, the, on in most cases. So we still like the soft-sided luggage, but there are so many bags out now because of the technology where the material itself is lighter, the wheels are lighter, the handles, the frame of the bag, everything is lighter. And that's what you want because the more, the heavier the luggage is, the less you can actually put in it and still hit those weight requirements. Again, we're mostly going to be talking about carry-on luggage for this discussion because when it comes to checked luggage, people just throw everything in there like, oh, should I bring the waffle maker and the coffee and the coffee maker? No, no. But we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> well, and that leads us to mistake number two, which is filling all the space in your luggage. So if you do have a bag that's really big, it's going to be your checked piece, and you're looking at it and you're thinking, I still have some room. What else can I bring? And you do this. I do. A lot. You know, there's that one shirt. Okay, my luggage is packed. It's zipped up, but I do have an outer pocket. Let me grab this t-shirt or this other shirt. And I'll throw it in the front pocket. And that's where it stays for a month. Yeah, right. And this is where packing cubes also come into play. But they can also be a detriment because if you're looking at a packing cube and you're like, wow, this isn't very full. I must not have packed enough stuff. And then you decide to just add more. Our recommendation is it's better to kind of write out your days of your vacation and then plan outfits for each day and then just pack from the list. Don't leave it up to your brain to look at something, say, oh, you got extra space in there. Why don't you throw in another shirt? Packing cubes have been all the rage, you know, over the last couple of years, excluding, you know, the whole travel shutdown. We've been using packing cubes for a long time. I remember like back on our honeymoon, we tried those clear like vacuum compression bags. You'd vacuum them out. Except that didn't work. No, it did not work. And that was not a good tool. I mean, yes, on the way there, it was great. But once you open those, it's like opening um, Pandora's box. (laughs) And then everything gets really puffy. And then you have no way to decompress them again. Well, we did borrow vacuum (laughs) from somebody on the ship. But (laughs) other than that, but yeah, we don't recommend those. For the most part, when we were buying Christmas gifts, they were all always travel related. And I remember one Christmas, we both bought each other the exact same packing cubes, not knowing, oh, I think she'll like these. You're like, oh, he'll like these. 
Basically, we each bought our own packing cubes, but we've been using them for probably close to a decade. Oh, easily. I, I know they're all popular now, but back when we started using them, they were not. I would say the packing cube industry owes us one. Think of them as portable drawers. And I would say, especially on a cruise, I remember back when we did the Amazon River Cruise, we did a, a complete video on what we packed and how we used our packing cubes. You basically just take them out of your suitcase, put them in the drawer, and stow away the suitcase. One of the things we did last year as we started traveling again is we reached out to some people that are on a couple of our, our pages that we manage. Okay, what do we need? And e-bags was the travel backpack, the Motherlode Junior travel backpack, which is what we use right now. And our friend Jill said, you have to get these packing cubes, and they're called Gonex, G-O-N-E-X. You can find them on Amazon. No, we're not an Amazon affiliate. They are compression packing cubes, meaning you kind of open up the compression area, you know, zip it out, and you fill it up, zip it close, and then you use the compression zipper to flatten the cube even more. Those are the best. And I do like a mix of my, my bags, for sure. Okay, do tell. Well, for some items, I like the compression, and for others, I just like the regular packing cubes. How come? They just seem to pack better for me. They seem to? Yes, they do. So this is a feeling. It's not any scientific fact. <laughs> no, it's just a feeling and a visual. <laughs> but one of the things, though, you may realize if you do stick to your list and you are using packing cubes is you may say, you know what? I don't need to bring all the packing cubes because usually when you buy them, they come in like packs of three. Don't feel like you have to use all of them. I do. And the other really nice thing about packing cubes is as you travel, you can designate one cube after a while for just your dirty clothes, which makes it super easy when you return home because you can just dump those dirty clothes out of the cube and right into the laundry. That is a good point is bring an extra empty one with you just for the dirty clothes because Another thing you may find out is that you pack all these clothes and there are going to be some of them that you don't wear. And so you don't want to mix them in with the dirty clothes that you did. But that moves us on to mistake number three. And this is a common one. And that is, especially for women, packing too many shoes. So on this last trip to Greece, I packed five pair. I had my new loafers, my, my tan Italian driving shoes that I love. They're very comfortable. Um, I had my regular tennis shoes. I also had a pair of hiking slash walking shoes. They came in very handy at the Acropolis. And then I also had a pair of flip-flops. And then I had, I, would, I wouldn't call them tennis shoes. They're like dressy tennis shoes. Like you can wear these with nice jeans. Yeah, they're like here. nice casual they're shoes. Mark Echo is the brand. I did wear them one time. But again, on a you know 10 to 12-day trip, if you wear a pair of shoes one time, you really didn't need them. Exactly. And I had five pair as well. I brought two pair of heels. I had two pair of flip-flops. You had one flip-flop for each foot. <laughs> I had two pair of flip-flops. Oh, okay, then yeah. And I did have a pair of tennis shoes. Both of us really only needed three pairs. We could have gotten away with a tennis shoe, a pair of flip-flops, and then just a nice casual shoe. So in my case, that would be heels for me and then loafers for you. So I can even tell you on our next trip to Europe, I know what I'm going to bring. I will bring flip-flops and my driving loafers, my casual, you know, leather loafers. And then I will wear a pair of tennis shoes. That's it three pair of shoes because shoes can take up so much space in your luggage. And like I just said, one of our recommendations is wear your bulkiest, your biggest pair of shoes, wear them on the flight so they're not in your luggage. Yeah. So if you're traveling in the winter and you have a cute pair of boots that you want to bring and wear, wear those on your flight. Save so much room. Mistake number four is packing too many watches or accessories like jewelry. And you have some really nice watches. And on this last trip... I am a watch aficionado. You brought three watches, if not four. 
No, I brought I brought three. You brought three, but how many did you wear the entire time? And don't say that you wore two because it was out of guilt. Because I said I go, you're not even wearing your other watches. Okay, most of the time I was wearing my Ulysse Narden. I have a Maxi Marine Driver, beautiful watch, and I also had brought my Panerai. I have a Panerai. It's called a Pam Eleven O Four. Very, it's, and that's a, a bigger diameter. That's a forty-two or forty-four millimeter watch. I love it. Uh, very distinctive. But for the most part, I was wearing the Ulysse Narden most of the time. And then the one I didn't wear at all was my Tag Heuer that you got me as a wedding present. That stayed in my watch case. But the watch case is very small. But I still could have gotten it is away. Not that small. It is. <laughs> you could have gotten away with I just could, wearing the I one watch. I could have gotten away with just wearing one watch. I get it. Yeah, and I I did pack some fun jewelry that I thought I'd be wearing to dinners and, you know, just to dress up an outfit. And really, I only wore about the the same three or four pieces. You did, but also with watches and jewelry, you're going to want to keep them in a safe in your hotel room or cruise cabin. And it's one more thing to worry about in case it gets stolen. It's also, especially if you're going to put something in the safe, we always do, I don't care what hotel or cruise ship we're with, we always do an idiot check. And we still found it some point we've left stuff behind. So yeah, next time I'm just going to wear the one watch the whole time. Yeah. I remember we did leave your watches one time in a safe. So been there, done that. And it's just easier and less things to worry about when you pack right. On to mistake number five. And that is we pack for TSA pre-check. And that means, you know, our liquids don't have to be exactly three ounces. They need to be about that. But this is a big mistake people make. It is. is, And this happened on the last trip. It did. Uh, The daughter of one of the people we were traveling with last month had packed her fancy hair care products. And she was a teenager, to be clear. Packed her fancy hair care products in her carry-on. And on the return, she didn't realize that they were way too big. Like She had full-sized hair products. And the rule is still nothing larger than three ounces in your carry-on. We get that. If you're TSA pre-checked like we are, they really don't even worry about it. Yeah, but they because will catch anything that will, is over three but ounces. But we've gone through a screening, so they kind of know, okay, well, well it's, it's four ounces. They don't like, you know, it's, oh my gosh, that's three and a half. You can't fly. But, but they will catch your sunscreen if they, it is over. Yes, that <laughs> did happen to us in Mexico. Um, we bought a brand new sunscreen we never got to use. That's a whole other story. But again, it comes down to this. is We packed for TSA pre-check. Coming back from Europe, we made a mistake that we didn't know was a mistake at the time. We're traveling through Newark on a Lufthansa boarding pass. We're transferring to United for the flight home from New Jersey to Tampa. And TSA pre-check was not on our boarding ticket. So we had to go through the regular boarding. Luckily, they helped us hurry along because it was packed. I'm like, um, we're TSA pre. Oh, well, you should go and go back to this place and reprint your, your boarding pass. I'm like, no, we're, if we do that, we're going to miss our flight. So she walked us up, but we went through the regular screening. And I can tell you that was one of the top five worst travel airport security experiences. Cairo was a train wreck, but this was really weird because we pack as if we're TSA pre-check. And when we weren't, again, not our mistake, they went through all of our bags and it took forever. And the other thing is if you do have liquids, make sure that you put them in a case or a Ziploc bag that is going to be liquid proof because at the high altitude, it can cause those liquids to leak from pressure. So if you've ever flown and sometimes you get to your destination, especially if you're going to higher elevation and you open up your shampoo bottle or your lotion, it explodes. Or a bag of potato chips. Or a bag of potato chips, yeah. <laughs> but like uh, when I was unpacking my luggage when we got home, I had a hand sanitizer that was less than two ounces, so a small one, and it had exploded in my luggage just from the pressure. So if I would have had that in a Ziploc bag, wouldn't have had a mess to clean up. But on the good side, that bag is totally safe. It is. It is totally sanitized. On to mistake number six when packing, and this is packing the wrong clothing 
and too much just-in-case clothing. That's totally me. No, this is this is awesome. I think I'll wear it, and then I don't. So, again, this is where I make a lot of packing mistakes. We're thinking, oh, so when we're packing, we'll think, okay, I'll do a couple of backup T-shirts, maybe a nice shirt in case we go out to a you know a cool restaurant. You get the idea. It's just too easy to throw that in the backup. This is where planning out your days and what you're going to wear really comes into play because I would just like, I have extra room. I like those three t-shirts and I would just throw them in my suitcase. Yeah. And this is also where doing your research on what the weather's going to be like where you're going, what excursions you're going to be doing or tours. And when you have all of that kind of mapped out in advance, write it down and then say, what kind of outfit do I need? If you're doing a beach day, that's going to be a pretty simple outfit. If you're doing a tour to a museum, that's a different outfit. And had we done that on this last trip, again, knowing that we weren't going to have laundry on the ship, I think that we both could have eliminated several pieces of clothing. And I would have thrown some other clothes in there because we packed as if we would have had, okay, we need clothes for about five or six days because then we can do laundry. And this is also where it's very important to pack the right clothing. So thankfully, the clothes I did bring, I had some Columbia, you know, PFG shirts um, and ex officio underwear. Both of those are easily, because they're not cotton, easily you can wash them in a sink and then hang them up to dry. And that's what we did. I remember both on the ship and even in the hotel in Cairo, we washed some things because we could. But that's not going to happen if you're if you're wearing like cotton clothes, a cotton t-shirt. You try to rinse that out or you know wash it up in the sink. That's going to take like three days to dry. So you want clothing that is moisture wicking and can dry quickly. And that's when it comes down to, again, packing the right stuff. We could do a two or three week trip with maybe five days of clothing because you can rotate it, you can mix and match, and also wash them on the fly. Another big thing is if you're going somewhere where it could potentially rain. Which is almost everywhere. (laughs) So if possible, you can pack an umbrella. Or in our case, we have very nice rain jackets and they fold into their own pockets. So they're very good for a small item to pack. Very compact. Yep. And we first got them for a cruise on the Amazon River six years ago, which it definitely rains in the Amazon. And we still bring them with us on every single trip. Especially to Disney. Yes, especially to Disney. A few weeks ago, I had been watching a video. Um, it was Samantha Brown, very famous uh, traveler on the Travel Network. And she had a really cool video on how you can have like three bottoms, three tops, and get nine outfits out of it. Pretty simple concept. So in this case, I would also confirm if you have laundry options, as you said, where we're going, but you can take, you know, some tops and some bottoms, mix and match them and create a whole bunch of different outfits. Yeah, that was a really good video and a good example of just mixing and matching. And all the outfits look completely different. And so that was that was pretty cool video. And our last mistake, which is number seven, and that is not packing the right type of international adapter. And on this last trip, we had a brand new one and it was good and it was bad. So our cabin had this really nice recessed outlet area. And so it was kind of hidden in the desk a little bit. And the good part was that we could plug in two electronics to our adapter, because that's what it was for, and two USBs. The bad part was because it was in a recessed part of the desk, we couldn't plug in some things like our camera battery charger because it was too wide. Thankfully, there were some other outlets in the room, but the desk was the most convenient place to have this. If you're not sure what type of adapter you need, basically in the U.S. it's a three-prong, but pretty much everywhere in Europe it's a two-prong adapter. So you plug that in and then it gives you some some three-prong outlets. In our case, it had some USB adapters as well. But also, and also you had what I would call a blow dryer incident. 
Yeah. So I did discover on this trip that my blow dryer that I brought, again, another packing mistake because I didn't know that the cruise line was going to have one that actually was pretty decent. And I tried using it with our adapter and it totally just blew out the whole blow dryer. It just didn't like the voltage or something. So on that topic, um, did your hair dryer have a warranty? It does have a warranty. Oh, thankfully. (laughs) And the same thing happened to our, our video lighting. We brought these along because we were interviewing some key personnel on the ship, and we plugged them in using an adapter, and within probably less than a minute, one of our bulbs just popped. It completely blew the bulb, and since starting a fire on board is never good, we ended up not trying to make sure the lights work, but it's like, okay, we'll use natural lighting. And and you could smell it. It's like something. I know. I, I was just like, ooh, again, yeah, that totally. This, this is something is that's not going to happen <laughs> to you guys out there because you're not going to be, you know, bringing these type of lights for filming. But it was really strange that it just popped. Yeah, and that just comes down to you need to understand voltage and how all that works. And some of your items that require maybe a little more may not work with some of those adapters, unfortunately. So those are the seven mistakes that we wanted to highlight. If you have some, let us know. Reach out to us on Facebook specifically or Instagram and say, you know what, here's another packing mishap or a packing mistake or a packing hack that I would recommend. And I'm sure that there are a lot of more ways that we can improve our packing, but we'll continue to report back as we improve this skill on our adventures later this year. And make sure that you are following our Facebook page, Travel Talk Weekly. And I say the page because we have a new going live platform that we're using called StreamYard. We're going to start going live. We just, we just went live yesterday on our Disney pages. And it's a great platform that we would love to connect with you and answer your travel questions. And if you would like to plan your next vacation, reach out to us or your Creating Magic Vacations travel advisor. Make sure you tune in next week to episode number 100. We're going to show you why business class flights can be a better option than coach. And I will say particularly when it comes to international travel. No matter how well or how poorly you pack for a trip, don't let that stop you from getting a vacation on the books. Speaking of, the world is a book, and those that don't travel only read a page. Let's get you started turning some of those pages. get you back to a well-packed vacation.